with entrepreneurs and founders, I do feel like there's so much that I've learned through the last, you know, 17 years. Truly don't try to do it alone. You know, no matter if it's a CEO or a co-CEO or just an advisor, I think that I always say it's lonely at the top too. Like you want someone, even in the early days, I had a sales partner that we would like just bebop ideas off of. You need that to keep on going because you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. The other thing that I've also tried to do and I've learned to do it, I think pretty well, is the highs aren't too high, the lows aren't too low. Like you really have to fly even keel because if you try to kind of bounce with the emotions, you will be emotionally exhausted. So focus all the energy on like solutions rather than where you are. Welcome to The Irresistible Factor, a podcast where I talk to founders and investors and retailers about what it takes to launch successful brands, from developing a compelling proposition and brand identity, to raising capital, to getting distribution, and more. My name is Christy Bridges, and I'm a marketing expert with tons of experience and a true love for all things health and wellness. Welcome to today's episode of The Irresistible Factor. I am very happy today. I have two guests that I'm really excited to talk to. Jessica Hansen, who's the CEO of New Face, and Tara Peterson, who is the co-founder of New Face and also a microcurrent esthetician. So welcome to the podcast, ladies. I'm really happy to chat with you and also grateful for you sending me the product. I love it. And I can't wait to have more people learn about it. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. And we're so excited to introduce you to it. I mean, I hope that your virtual house call that we had allowed you to see the the method to microcurrent. I started using microcurrent seven years ago and an esthetician did it for me, but didn't really teach me. And so Mm -hmm. I realized only just a few months ago what I actually should be doing. So I'm glad you got the early introduction. I did. I did. And I really appreciate that. Why don't we start by just having you guys talk a little bit about what New Face actually is. And so Tara, that makes sense to me for you, since you're the co-founder, to really talk about how the brand came to be and what you're trying to do with it. Absolutely. Well, our company's family owned. So it's my mom, my sister, and I that started New Face in 2005. So over 17 years ago, like I always like say that I'm like, how has it been 17 years ago? Like it just, I was a baby when we started New Face, but my mom and I are both estheticians. My mom's been working with microcurrent technology since 1985. And just a reminder to everybody, if you haven't utilized microcurrent in either a facial or at home, microcurrent is a low level electrical current that goes in and stimulates the facial muscles to instantly lift tone and contour. And what's great is now you can use it at home. So we created New Face specifically for our clients. So we had a big professional machine that we used on our clients. And what we found is as our clients were getting older, they needed more microcurrent. It's kind of like as we get older, we need to exercise more to keep everything toned and tightened. Same goes for delicate facial muscles. So New Face is a perfect complementary to any skincare routine. It is going to go deeper than your traditional skincare will go goes down to the muscles to lift tone and contour. And Christy, as you experienced, it delivers instant results 
but then those results get better and better and better the more you use it. Amazing. So 17 years, you're definitely not a new company, but I think it sounds like you guys have developed some incredible new products and have really good reach and awareness. I mean, it's interesting because I didn't know that much about it, but everyone I've talked to about it is like, oh my God, new face. So I'm curious to know how the past 17 years have been and what has changed over like the past three or five. I know, Jessica, this is a relatively new role for you. So maybe talk a little bit about that and what that's all about. Sure. So we're calling it New Face 2.0, although it's probably even more so than that because Tara can share with you how many different versions and iterations not only we've had on the market, but then also what it takes to innovate. It takes a lot of not only design, but really thinking about how to improve on the technology, making it easier to use both in treatment and at home. So I joined just five months ago, officially, Tara and I have known each other for a couple of years. I've been in the industry for about a little over 22 years and worked on every category in beauty and wellness from makeup to hair to skin. Skin has been, I would say my most passionate because of the fact that I truly believe that people come to skincare either to solve a problem that they are seeing and they're probably in a very emotional state or to prevent a problem because of what they see. Either they see on their family, their older family members, and what genetics, you know, they're like, okay, I don't want that to happen. Or they can even see it around them and on their friends. So naturally, someone comes to skincare with this idea in mind of improvement. And a lot of times they are skeptical and burnt out, right? They've tried other things. So that's where New Face has such a point of difference. Number one, because it comes from a professional standpoint. This was developed from what happens in treatment and that it works. You know, we have to think and remind ourselves our skin is our biggest organ in our body. And so this is this living, breathing thing. And underneath the skin, there are things that hold it up. There's 43 muscles in your face. And so if those muscles are fatigued, your skin's not going to look as good as it possibly can. When we go back to those roots and we say, okay, in this 2.0, how can we bring that story to the forefront? Ensure that we are speaking to the credibility that is New Face, because like any great thing, it's been emulated and there's lots of knockoffs, replicators, and microcurrent is not just solely owned by us, right? There's other microcurrent devices. So we are number one um, in our category of facial prestige tools and any kind of tool, whether that's high-tech or low-tech, we're number one. We have the greatest market share and it's growing. That's the amazing part of an established business that is still growing after all these years. Our Trinity device is still our number one and it's 11 years old. So there's something very inherent. We've gone viral a couple of times, different points in time, whether it was being featured on the Today Show years and years ago or going viral on TikTok, which happened earlier this year. And now we can officially say that really we are designed and developed and we are listening to people who are just getting into skincare, who are 18 years old and just figuring out what to use all the way through to, you know, someone who is in their 80s, who knows a lot, maybe tried a lot of things, and it can still make a difference. So the fact that we have that breath, the fact that we have the credibility, 
and we are women. So we're, we're female founded and female led. Most of our organization is female. We are users. And so we're developing with that in mind. So when we come out with a new facial skincare product to pair with our device, we're thinking about that from really the standpoint of the user. Which I feel like is so nice because when it comes to innovation, there's no shortage of ideas. We're really innovating for ourselves Mm -hmm. and our clients. When we have ideas, it's like, would we want that? We have kind of a built-in focus group. We can just ask the other women in the company and they're like, yes, please. And so it just makes things more authentic. And I think it's one of the reasons why New Face has been so successful over these number of years. So Tara, I'm curious to know, you know, you brought Jessica in five months ago. What were you trying to achieve with that? Like when you talk about New Face 2.0, what did you want to be different than what was happening before that? So with New Face 2.0, it's kind of has multiple layers to it. The innovation, which really is stemming from a personalization standpoint. So we just launched the Smart New Face app where clients can really customize their treatments to their skin type. There's an algorithm. So there's an intake form that the client's completing when they download the app. And just like we would ask you about your skin, if you came to us in the treatment room, we're asking you about your skin so we can make specific recommendations. So really it's taking new face to the next level in beauty tech. There's so much evolution that's happened over the last number of years through Bluetooth and apps that it's really cool. Like, I feel like, gosh, like we can innovate so fast now with an app technology because the cool thing about microcurrent, it's, it's like a recipe. You throw in different layers of microamps, different layers of Hertz, and it does something different for the client. Maybe it's going deeper into the muscle. Maybe it's going to lymphatic drainage. Maybe it's going to skin tightening. So that's the really cool thing about what we're doing. And with that, you know, I was just having this conversation with Jessica and some of our team members, you know, as New Face has grown over the 17 years, it's gotten to be bigger than who I am and my capabilities. And I think that I like to think that I'm self-aware enough to say, hey, like, this is outside my skill set. And so bringing in Jessica was, again, we were talking for years and years and years, and it was just such a nice compliment. Even today, we talk every single day, every single morning, we have coffee chats and we talk about kids. We talk about cleaning the house. We talk about business. So it's not only this perfect partnership that I just love that it feels like I'm not alone either. It's you're growing a company and there's different challenges every day. So we can actually lean on each other, which is really, really nice. And where my weaknesses are, hopefully Jessica has those strengths and then vice versa. It's been really nice for me, at least. I hope Jessica feels the same way, which I know she does. <laughs> Amazing. No, definitely. It's to the point where we now have employees in, across 13 states where, you know, two and a half years ago, the headquarters of what we call new HQ with an NU. We just reopened, soft reopening. And before, you know, 90% of the organization was located, you know, in one spot. And so we have to be much more flexible and dynamic. So we work really hard to stay in contact, but 
we miss each other when we actually don't see each other. I'm there every other week. We're now putting together a whole fall schedule of travel together because the ability to not just tackle the challenges, but to really think about the future, what does new phase yeah. three plan out look like? We have, yeah. like Tara said, there's no shortage of ideas, but we also have to be realistic about what can we accomplish and what do those stages look like? So yeah, we actually have to resist the temptation on the weekends or on vacations to not text. We kind of have this rule of like, okay, who's ever, you know, taking the vacation, they have to initiate and then the floodgates open and then we have to know when to close them. So it's great. I think our team is still getting used to it because, you know, Tara is still very involved. I want her very involved. 17 years, I'll never be able to know all of the nuances But what I do hope is that she's able to find her joy every day, the best that we're going to be able to do with someone who has the skills that she does. I mean, having a microcurrent facial from her is like nothing else. And so her being able to do that and really being able to play the role that she was meant to do, that's what I want to give to her. Interesting. Talk about the challenges coming in, Jessica, to an established brand. I mean, every brand has challenges. They're different when you're starting, but probably there are some challenges that are similar as you grow into a different phase. So can you talk a little bit about what the challenges are that you guys are facing right now? Sure. So this is my third, I'll call it my third generalist role. So, you know, I grew up through the organization, through the industry in marketing functions, and then ended up going into sales. Never thought I would, but it was the best thing I could have done. I've been a merchant for Sephora. And then, so the past seven years, I've been running the whole, right? From operational to financial, still getting getting my hands into marketing and the commercial side, but I know I have to, you know, balance So I often say that my very first role, taking that on, it's like you find out really quickly where some of the challenges maybe are bigger. And if they're all at the same time, it gets a little harder to make sure that, you know, what do you fix first? What do you tackle first? What do you elevate first? And so that's always the case, especially in the first six months. I'll give the analogy of a house, right? So we have this beautiful home, right? And it's not a new home, right? Let's think about it as 17 years. And we are adding on. And structurally, we have to think about new things, right? There's new policies, new procedures. How do we make it both the most stable and the most beautiful? So we've got some little cracks that we've got to fix. And sometimes when we're looking at, you know, I I renovated a home once, you pull down a wall and you find something in the wall that you say, we need to fix that before actually we're able to move on to the aesthetics stage. So I would say, and then globalizing. So the fact that we have gone global, it's been a few years now. How do we really take an American born bred brand and make sure that it is built for scale in other countries. We do very well in the UK and in Australia, so native English speaking, but how do we really transition that to more countries in Europe and to the Asia zone? So those are, I would say, from an operational standpoint, looking at our innovation stage gates, making sure that that's very scalable, And then really thinking about how do we make this a brand that can really serve the needs of people globally. 
Um, I have a question about your clients and your customers. Do you guys get people that stay with you? Like, do you have lots of people that have been with you for years and years? I would imagine you have to, given the kind of product and what it does. Yeah, I think on two different levels. Number one, we have people who have bought several different devices and they come back and replenish our activator. So one of the myths that we are still trying to dispel is that you actually need to use a very specific product on your face for microcurrent to be able to get to the muscular level. If it has certain ingredients like an oil, it doesn't, it doesn't actually do what it needs to do. And so we reformulated our activators and it's almost 20% of our business is our skincare products. So that replenishment keeps them coming back on the professional side. I would say that's probably an area that we can lean into more. We have spas and really high profile, amazing spas that have estheticians, spa directors, and spa managers who absolutely love new face. And so they absolutely are you know, part of that group that Trinity, that's 11 years old, they keep investing in. So we have to think about how do we upgrade those who are in the professional space using it in treatment? How do we help them evolve their communication as well? Because what they knew 10 years ago when they started using it might look a little bit different now. And we want to help educate them. So education is a constant, but we absolutely have repeat business that we don't intend. We only want that to be stronger. How does your business split between professional and consumers who are using it at home? Yeah, I mean, consumer is, I would say, close to almost 90%. Oh, wow. So really, really. Yeah. And that's, you know, that is the digital aspect, right? The fact that newface.com is our number two channel. Number one is retail, right? So we have all of the major partners of Sephora, Ulta, Amazon, a very longstanding relationship with Nordstrom and the luxury partners like Neiman Marcus. So that's such a destination, especially for beauty and the access, right? You can't deny people access to a brand that has this type of broad appeal and awareness. The growth, I mean, our growth on Amazon and Ulta, I mean, in some cases, triple digit growth still after all this time. That's incredible. How do you guys find new customers right now? Is it word of mouth? Is Are you doing digital advertising? Is there a high barrier to entry because of the initial cost? So TikTok has been our, like many companies and like many luxury companies, I mean, you yeah. have to think about it, our entry is a triple digit price point, right? Yeah. So yeah. No small investment. So going viral, seeing somebody young. So she actually, we, it was through our partnership with Nordstrom. She ended up buying the product and showing she has these amazing brows, but she showed this, what we do is a half face lift. Yep. You do that on yourself or you have that done and you see the difference in your cheekbone, your jawline, your brow. You notice it instantly. So she went viral on TikTok and that spurred one thing after another, after another. So we've leaned into that. She's actually working on our behalf, producing content with us has become a mini face of the brand as well. And we're doing more things with influencers to really first and foremost, educate them 
and then demonstrate. That's the goal. That's the pivot. We will still do some traditional media or sponsorships. We're looking at different ways with different brands that talk about health and wellness as well. This is health care. This is skin is this organ. So it's not just the cosmetic and aesthetic, but we know that that's, you know, that the virality is how you get that awareness. It was so interesting with TikTok. There was another, they're they're not even influencers. You can't even call them influencers because they have a couple hundred followers. But another TikTok user went on to TikTok and said, forget Dyson. New Face is the product that you all should be buying. This is like sorcery. Look at what it does. And she lifted half of her face and it was like the contour of her cheekbone, the lift of her eyebrow, like was one of those things. And then people started duetting her. Like it was just so interesting. And then we were at Nordstrom. We were in the top four brands or products. New Face was number one, number two, number three, and number four. Wow. That's how of all of Nordstrom during this viral TikTok time period. So that's how many people were that were going to Nordstrom as well as Sephora to purchase New Face. So it was this like, it's that instant demonstrable effect of New Face that we're known for. So of course, what we've done with the new New Face app is we have a selfie tracker. So now you can document your half facelift or your before and 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. So everything that we've done in the last 17 years, we basically have compiled it and put it into this easy to access module, essentially, that clients can go in and basically pick and personalize their treatments. COVID affected so many brands in so many ways and health and wellness brands in general, obviously just exploded because people were so nervous, but there has to have been an uptick because of people staring at themselves relentlessly. And tell me how that affected your brand. It was instant. Yeah. COVID hit and new face just went through the roof because clients couldn't, they couldn't go to their esthetician. They couldn't go to their dermatologist And it was interesting enough, first we saw it in China and sales because obviously COVID hit China first. And so we saw those sales just go through the roof. And then of course, once it came to the States, we saw it lasted a long time and still you get into new face, no matter if the entry is the mini device, the clients then upgrading themselves to the Trinity device and then getting the fixed device, which is our little mascara device and then new body. So that's the one thing that's very different than any other device out there is you're not just buying one. Yeah. You're buying multiple devices to cater to your lifestyle. Maybe yeah. you're traveling all the time and minis your, your travel device, your Trinity, because it has different attachments. And so we continue to bring the client back, but again, it's all kind of hardened into the treatment realm. And so I think that's another thing that makes new face really, really unique is we know our client's lifestyle. It changes every single day. You need new things, right? It's not a a one size fits all. So what do you hope for Tara? What do you want the next five or 10 years to look like for new face? Well, you know, as we enter in and new face 2.0, 
I mean, innovation for us is really, really key. I think with this new new face smart app, as well as our plus devices, we're going to be able to give clients more than we've ever had. You know, as Jessica was saying, the Trinity is our best-selling device and it was launched 11 years ago. Wow. So the fact that it continues to be our number one device. So really just that innovation in keeping clients coming back to new face, no matter if it's just through the app, that community mm-hmm. is really, really important to us. And it's something that we became very aware of during COVID is how important clients are. They want to learn. They mm-hmm. want they want a face that's going to walk them through the treatments. And so even through that process, as you watch the tutorials on the app, I'm walking the clients through tips and tricks, just like we did our virtual house calls. Yeah. So a lot of innovation, but also community, continuing to build this amazing relationship with our clients. It's always been the heart of New Face, no matter if it was a one-on-one relationship in the treatment room, which if you have an esthetician, you know that relationship with that you have with your esthetician. She's your therapist and esthetician all in one. You know, that's kind of the, the relationship that we're building with our clients, no matter if they're, you know, here in the US or Singapore or the UK. It really has become an opportunity for us to really be an esthetician for clients all around the world. I think that's what, I mean, to me, that's what feels very different. Like, I'm sure you have lots of competitors, but do you have competitors that have this sort of almost, it's not a true one-on-one, one-on-one relationship with their clients, right? Are there other competitors that are like guys on that front? No, I mean, New Face, you know, if you look at any competitors, I actually did a, a TikTok yesterday and it was a New Face plus talking. I'm not sure if you saw it. And it was this voiceover that was like, how do you feel about the competition? And then the new face answers, what competition? Like, we don't really look outside. We only look at ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, we know what everybody else is doing just because it's fascinating. We don't base innovation off of what they're doing. I think that that's like, I really like us to have kind of our blinders on because then it starts to become look, we're someone else. We are who we are. Even our iconic new face spheres, others have knocked those off. And it's like, but clients are so savvy. They want that authentic relationship. They want to know who created the device. We also specialize in, in microcurrent. And so I was just lifting a VIP client. She's like, I love that you guys don't try to be everything to everyone. Like you're really rooted in microcurrent. And that has been very intentional. I'll ask you both because it's an important question and maybe it's different for both of you, but it's hard work, right? You were an entrepreneur and you founded something and and it's like you have to continue and continue and continue. And it doesn't, I'm sure it never feels easy, but what, what keeps you guys up, each of you? What keeps you up and worried? Like, what's the thing that's on your mind that you feel like we have to get to this or we have to fix this or solve this uh, in regards to the brand? might be a little situational. So right now we have more demand than supply. And while that scarcity effect, we're not alone, right? You've got to be waitlisted for Tesla as well. I'm sure Apple, you know, this is why there's lines out the door when there's a new iPhone release. So we have to remind ourselves that we are in a high tech space. Beauty tech is still relatively new but we don't want to disappoint, right? We don't want to disappoint our team. They've worked so hard to bring this to fruition. 
We don't want to disappoint clients and professionals. So this like, you'll have to wait, but we promise it's worth waiting for. We don't want to make excuses, but that is the situation we're in right now. And we're learning a lot from it. So how do we manage and how do we make sure that once the product is available, that they get the best experience? That's currently, I think, for in if we think about like a longer term, it's about the people. You know, our our teams have gone through a lot of transitions. Some of our teams have been with us a long time. And we want them to see the vision that's so much bigger than a device company. We're not just a skincare company or just a beauty company or just a device company. There's so much more when we think about, you know, new and you can fill in the blank, right? What does that next look like? I want them to be able to see that there's so much more opportunity. And for me, definitely, I woke up this morning thinking about everything that we need to do and the demand is so high and we have partners that are like, when, when can we get it? When can we get it? And so it's really being on it. And I think one of the things that we did intentionally at the very beginning is to be diversified. So we didn't have all of our eggs in one basket. Being that we started in the professional channel and then the recession hit. And, you know, if we only had the professional spa, we probably wouldn't be here today. And so no matter if it's our channels to be diversified or manufacturing to be diversified, I'm a big believer, do not put all your eggs in one basket because as things, the same with COVID, you know, as COVID hit, we were able to really lean on our e-commerce where spa potentially and retail were struggling. So that is one thing that I think is such a blessing, but it has been very, very intentional. You know, I think that the people factor too, it's something that we're living in such a odd time, right? Like the great resignation and the like silent quitting, like it's just, I get it. People are burnt out, but I think that that's why it's so important that we bring our teams together. And Jessica is so good at bringing the teams together and just celebrating. We are all in Santa Monica or the marketing team for an event. And it's just like that, like fills our cup of having that face-to-face time. And I feel like working from home is one thing, but we need this face-to-face time. That's why Jessica and our executive team, they're in the office one to two weeks a month you know, where in prior years, we didn't do that. And I think it's really, really important as we really transform what New Face is doing and the beauty industry, we're doing something that no one else has done. Yeah, it's really cool. I think it's amazing. I have one more question for each of you. And I think it'll be, I love that you're answering in such different ways because your perspective is different based on where you're at and how long you've been with the brand. So I would say from you, Tara, advice for, founders who've been doing it for a long time and, and need to sort of change it up. And then for you, Jessica, advice for people who are coming into a situation like you did. I mean, coming into a family business is a big deal. It's a hard job in a lot of ways, because there are dynamics that have been in place forever that you have to navigate through. So I'm curious from both of your perspectives, how you would give advice to anyone who's in a similar situation. I mean, for me, I think that I've had great experiences and then I've had not so great experiences. And I think that finding a true partner, because 
you can't do it alone, right? So no matter if you're a very small company or you're scaling the company, you can't do it alone. You have to have a really amazing team. And for me, an amazing partner to complement my skill set. So I think that is really, really important to have someone that's going to lift you up and highlight the strengths and not expect you to do something that you're not good at or you don't want it to do, essentially. So yeah, I also think mentorship. There's so many mistakes that Newface has made over the years, especially if you're just beginning, you know, have either a mentor or advisors because they can save you millions of dollars as you scale your business. And I would say that's probably one of the biggest things is don't think that you can do it alone as well as have advisors that really can lead you down the right road because you could be kicking yourself. I mean, I think that's great advice because it is hard sometimes to let other people in and say, open yourself because you become super vulnerable. I'm sure Jessica didn't come in and say it's all perfect, right? I'm sure. And so I think that it's really hard to get to the place where you feel confident enough to let that happen. Yeah. That's the way I started. I started as an advisor to Tara when we met and I was a bit starstruck that I was like, I've been using this brand for at that point, I had been using the brand for a few years and to be able to meet the founder, I was a little intimidated. And then the fact that she had questions and didn't have all the answers and was vulnerable enough to say, should I do this? Should I do that? And I was like, you know what? We're now friends. We're now in the industry together. I have so much perspective from all these different places. Tap into me, text me, let me know when you have a question or you're up against a challenge or you're preparing for a big partner meeting and you're just thinking, you know, you just need another outside voice. So being kind of a silent advisor and a little bit of a ghostwriter, even times has actually helped me see what were some of the challenges or what would I be walking into? You never know a hundred percent what you're walking into. So you have to keep reminding yourself of why you came. I came because I believed in the founders. I became because I believe in the product and I'm super passionate. I can't work on a brand that I'm not passionate about. I've tried. I definitely, I've been through interviews, very long processes. And then at the end of the, the, the day, you get the offer and I'm like, but I'd be forcing myself. So being very honest with yourself that it's something you want to do for more than one reason. I've worked closely with one other founder, but it was in a very different situation. There was already a private equity involved. There was already, you know, the business was already much bigger. And so it was different. It was a little more passive, right? And so I do think Getting to know and understand how involved is the founder, because it's likely at very different stages in the company's lifeline. I found that this was in a great stage of this has been self-funded. This has been a profitable company. And again, getting credit for that and even educating the most senior levels in the organization down to people who are just joining that that's what it is. We're not a small company. We're really not from our size of revenue, size of people, growth around the world. So we're not a small company. We are a leader. We're number one in the category with 44% market share year to date. So we then now have a huge responsibility of being the leader. 
And so we can't worry about who's beside us trying to take our share or who's behind us trying to clip at our heels. We have to be looking forward. So just, you know, knowing that that's the place and more coaching yourself, I would say above anything, it's about trust and trust goes a lot of different ways. Giving it before you can receive it is coming into any new company in any role. You need to be able to get the trust around you, but you have to give it first. So interesting. I mean, unless you guys are great actors, I think you can feel the connection that you have and the positivity around it. And that's amazing because I have talked to so many people where it's just hard and it's a hard fit. And sometimes it just feels wrong or the founder can't give up enough of the control to have someone actually help them. So you could feel the connection that you guys have. And I think that's amazing. So congratulations on finding each other. Seems like the right time. It feels like we're more like sisters than anything. Yeah. Even like we'll be like we were at dinner, and I was like, "Don't do that," you know. Like it's just like it's yeah. like, and it becomes natural. Then it's like that vulnerability can be there, and the trust can be there. You know, yeah. like I've had the opposite of this, and so I feel like it's like a marriage. You, you go through a bad marriage, yes. and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that Ever was again. so bad." Yes. So you can appreciate what a good marriage looks yes. like, right? Yes. So I think yes. that's also been a blessing for me to know like, Hey, like you cherish what you have too, because you yeah. see the other side. Amazing. And we both have that. We both had the long ones, right? Yeah. yeah. That weren't that way. And we can be honest about that too. If it ever feels that way, we need to be able to say, okay, wait, we're getting into a zone that is not going to be comfortable and not going to be open. And, and we, the last thing we want to do is erode what we already have going into this. Yeah, right. Because that's ultimately terrible for the business and the business suffers from it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I love this interview. I appreciate your time so much. Do you have any other things like thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap up? With entrepreneurs and founders, I do feel like there's so much that I've learned through the last, you know, 17 years. Truly don't try to do it alone. You know, no matter if it's a CEO or a co-CEO or just an advisor, I think that I always say it's lonely at the top too. Like you want someone, even in the early days, I had a sales partner that we would like just bebop ideas off of. You need that to keep on going because you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. The other thing that I've also tried to do and I've learned to do it, I think pretty well is the highs aren't too high. The lows aren't too low. Like you really have to fly even keel because if you try to kind of bounce with the emotions, you will be emotionally exhausted. So focus all the energy on like solutions rather than where you are, you know? So as Jessica was saying with manufacturing and the demand for the product and it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do? I think it's really easy to focus on the solution. So you're not kind of digging yourself into a hole. You kind of are propelling yourself forward. I think that's really good advice because there are obviously highs and lows constantly. And if you went with all of them, it is exhausting. Does it get easy or does it never get easy? I mean, never a long time. So never, never. (laughs) If you're going to be a founder or an entrepreneur, it's like whack-a-mole. Right. You fix one problem, another one pops up. You know, you have to have a hard exterior to do 
what you do, but there's so much freedom. I can take off whenever I want. I can, I have twin girls. I can, you know, and that's the blessing of Jessica is like, I don't have to be in a bunch of meetings. I can take off because my girls are going to kindergarten. I want to take off the three days before they go to kindergarten. Like that's the beautiful thing about it, that there's so much freedom. And I think for my personality type, like I would never want to be kind of caged in. (laughs) So there's pros and cons of it. Yeah. So a trade-off. So you have more freedom and you also don't feel like it's ever going to be easy, but that seems like a worthy trade-off. Absolutely. For me, it is. What about you, Jessica? Any like words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? Yeah. I mean, it's something I didn't come up with and heard others trusting your gut. You know, I didn't realize it took me moving coasts, you know, from east to west, west to east to really trust and never look back. No regrets. Keep moving forward. So that trust. And that's where, again, what might actually add some ease is being able to trust, right? So if you have a complex issue, but you've had it before and you go, no, I have an inclination that this is truly what it is. Leaning on that will make the problem a little bit easier to figure out the solution. And I don't think that I trusted myself early enough. And it took somebody saying, you know, this trust your gut. The words of wisdom that Tara had, I'm even still learning highs and lows. Like that's, it's just, I don't know if it's my sign or the way that I was brought up. I just live in the highs and definitely get affected by the lows. So I'm starting to learn this art of the middle and the even. It's way harder than you think. It's hard. It's so (laughs) hard. But it can be so helpful to not have, you know, especially when things went in the lows, when it's things are are predominantly negative, trying to say it's not always going to be like this. And I know my way out of this. That's what keeps you going. I totally agree with you. And I think the highs are also hard because they don't necessarily last and they're not always true. And I think if you get caught up in either of those cycles, it's just tough. It's a tough go because it's long. It's not like it's going to end in two weeks. You're not going to have no highs and lows in two weeks. You're going to have them in five years, 17 years later. So I think that's a really great piece of advice. And I wish we learned it earlier. I really do. There's a lot of things that we need to be learning (laughs) while our brains are still developing. That's for sure. That's why parents, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. This is so great. I really appreciate your time and wish you guys all the best. I think it's an incredible brand and great product. And there's obviously so much personal connection to it. That's not always true. 17 years into a brand. Exactly. Well, definitely for us as well. Keep using. So five minutes a day. That's all we ask. Download that app. The app actually can be used with even our current devices. And it really helps guide. So many people are always asking, going on our website, going on YouTube, trying to figure out. And thank you for listening to the Irresistible Factor. I'm Christy Bridges, and I can't wait to see you next Wednesday.